0: Hello, what's going on? My name is Rich Ryan, bringing you another Torque Talk. This past weekend, we had an abundance of races, so we are bringing you an abundance of race recaps. We are starting off with Nick Riker, who came off of his first race back after his UC diagnosis, and he came back as a champion in the deck of fit Jacksonville. So we're going to talk to him. We're going to talk to Logan Broadbent, who came in first place and set a course record at the Indian Mud Run and also knocked off VJ Jones. I don't know if you saw, but that's pretty, pretty good. Then we're going to talk to Mark Godette, who won three races in two days, taking down all of the trifecta at the Spartan Race Fayetteville. Then at the end, I'm going to just kind of give you a recap of how things went at High Rocks in... Chicago where I finished fifth place at the US Championship. So if you liked how I kind of went on and talked by myself in the previous one of these after the Orlando race it'll be very much similar to that just me kind of recapping and just kind of kind of uh doing a little brain dump on everything we also had Vince Bukowski run a race this past weekend at the State Dion in at State Farm in Arizona so Vince is just really kind of testing the waters for some different type of events and this was one of them and he finished ninth overall missed the spear you missed the spear in a stadium race not gonna go that well so uh excuse the dog barking and let's get to it All right. Nick Riker, my friend. What's up, dude? How are you?
1: Doing well, how are you? Great. Monday.
0: It's Monday, but you were fresh off of a race weekend. Yeah. So you kind of told me, like, I'm thinking this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to hit this deck, this deck of it, Jacksonville. And you're like, but I'm not going to tell anybody. Were people super surprised yeah. that you did the race?
1: Uh, I mean, I didn't know a ton of people down there. Yancey knew. And Jay, like the the DECA team, but like I didn't know any of the athletes down there personally. They didn't know me either. So I don't think anybody was surprised. Nobody came up and said, whoa, or anything like that. No,
0: no one, no uh, one really cared.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. That that's fine. But you ran the race and you won the race. So that's super exciting. So I mean, this is a pretty big step because you know, last time we talked on podcast, we're talking about kind of like your 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 recovery coming back from UC and and what you thought your timeline was going to be and where it kind of actually turned out to be but this is a great first step man you're actually able to get out and race so how are you feeling about just being able to race
1: i mean like i said on the podcast it's just it's like such a privilege like i like after i finished i was like i could have finished dead last and i was just so happy to be back out there to feel my body just push um you know i cried a little bit after i finished I was like, man, i and a lot of emotions just came over me, but like, I'm just happy. That's, I haven't felt this happy in a long time. And a lot, of, a lot of crappy things have happened this year. And, you know, it could have been a lot worse. A lot of things happened, but um, I mean, like I, like I said on my Instagram, it feels, it just feels good to feel good again.
0: Back at it, uh, man. I'm sorry yeah. so for you. So let's actually talk about the the race itself. Then Let's just kind of get into the nuts and bolts of it because yeah. this was your first DECA fit has only been the, this is only the fourth DECA fit ever. So yeah. you've done a DECA strong, I believe, but haven't done any of the DECA events. So what was kind of the idea going into it? What, what were you, what were you thinking about in terms of strategy?
1: I'm going to be honest. I wanted to keep my runs around, around 140 to 150. I thought if I did that, that would be a good showing, but the stations, I didn't really have much of a strategy for them i had like i knew like the form i wanted to do but i didn't have like a gold time for them um and then like i was talking to like um jared who's part of deca jared you know what's last um i told him man i really just have like one gear when it comes to like these kind of races and it's just go and he got me all fired up about that saying yeah you just gotta go um i kind of knew i mean. I picked a weekend to race that a lot of people are racing other other places. So I kind of knew I had a good shot of winning this and kind of winning early. Um, so I wanted to get out and push hard those first couple of runs in those stations. That was my goal. Like the first three or four stations really push the runs and get out um, just to build up the comfortable, comfortable lead for me.
0: And that seems to be what you did. You said you wanted to keep your runs between 140 and 150, but your first run was 130 in Riker style. Just be like, hey, you know what? I I was thinking about pacing it, but then I decided not to pace it, so I just went out and hit it hard. So did that feel okay?
1: I really didn't look at my watch till after the assault bike run. I didn't look at any of the splits. I just wanted to go. Some guy went out in front of me, and I was like, this is my race. I'm going to lead wire to wire. That's what I wanted. That's what I wanted to do at that moment. Like there was a moment in me, like, I don't care if somebody goes out, but then once it started, I was like, okay, I want to, I want to lead the whole way. So <laughs> things like that change. Um, I mean, the, the first one, I mean, felt fine. And then you kind then like it's a learning experience. You start getting in a rhythm after that.
0: Cause it looks like you hit the lunges long pretty long. hard too. Like 41 seconds for the reverse lunges is pretty fast. It doesn't get, too much faster than that really so were you yeah. did you pick that up and did you start was there any i like were you thinking about pacing it at all through that or you were just like let's just go let's, crack let's it go I, so
1: i practice i do a ton of reverse lunches i practice the form i wanted to do but yeah you know, so i know that would be a strong one and i went to i say i didn't have a tr- strategy but i had a strategy i went before the race i went to every station and i picked out all right I'm going to go to that. I'm going to go to that Ram Roller. I'm going to go to that one. I'm going to go to that assault bike. Like I, I already changed everything how I want it. Um, and like my strategy. So I went when I, I wanted to enter left into all the stations. So like when I'm done, I can just do a beam line. I didn't have to, like if you enter right, you kind of have to slow down and curve yourself around the, the corner. If you, if you can picture what I'm talking about, I kind of want to just, throw it off my shoulder and just go straight that's interesting i did uh, i did the
0: opposite i ran um straight into the deca zone so like uh, wherever i was approaching so it would be like entering and going right just so i could keep my momentum running straight to like whatever station it was uh and then once i was done with the station i would come out and whip around um i guess just thinking that i wouldn't have a ton of momentum built up after the station but Who's to say what's better or, or not? Because I did yeah. come out of the stations a couple times, like almost like peeling out, almost like yeah. turning so hard. So I I could see how it would be beneficial to like whip to whip that U uh, turn almost right from the start. Did yeah. people follow you, or were because you were leading each time? Were people just kind of come next to you, or did it did it kind of? It seemed like a matter? lot
1: of people did your way. They they would go straight into it. I always did the beam line to the left, um, Mark. Falcon. I called him Falcon. Falcon. I kept calling him Falcon the whole time. He was loving it. Um, um He, he thought he would right, right next to me pretty much all the stations. Yeah. It's um, so like we were the top two. So like we went to the left and everybody else kind of went away from us.
0: So right after those lunges, then you were right kind of right back on the paces that you, that you wanted to be where you're yeah. settling more into that 440, which is like 520 ish pace, 525, 526 uh-huh. pace. Um and you kind of seem to settle in there, but after but you were leading as you sat in on the rower you were able to cut, you were already winning um yeah. were were you able to hit that rower hard or were you just kind of
1: so i hit so the transition time on my watch is two minutes, but I probably did my row like in one forty five mm-hmm. um I was rowing like at one point under one forty, and I don't know if I've actually ever done that. Like an entire like that's that's stretch, I did that. Like, I, and it felt fine. I'm like, stroke rate was still like twenty eight to thirty, which that's kind of like what I train, like like high twenties, low thirty. Um So yeah, the rower went really well for me. I just got my foot stuck in the clips. I kind of panicked and didn't like try to loosen them first. So like, so that's why my I think my transition time was so fast. But the rower, like, I was surprised. Surprised. I know I'm a good one, but I just surprised myself how fast I went. Like. Dipping under
0: a 140, and it felt comfortable. That's great. Yeah, I mean, that's, I'd imagine that's about as fast as anyone will really need to go in that. I can't. I can't imagine in deck fit anyone hitting like 130 and yeah. then being able to come out and run. I mean, maybe Hunter could do it but yeah. like even still like it's pretty fast to be like 130 135. So if you're hovering around 140 141 142, like you're, no one's going to really put too much of a gap on you. But that yeah. transition probably would matter with this. And it looks like your run came out and felt pretty good. And that so yeah. at, at the first two you're kind of cruising.
1: Yeah, I felt totally fine. I wasn't even looking at my watch when I came in to hit my split. I just felt like I'm in the lead, I feel comfortable. I didn't, My biggest fear when I race, I don't want to look down at my watch and be like, "Whoa, I'm way, I'm way too fast." Because I'll panic if I'm in the lead and I feel comfortable. There's really no reason for me to look at my watch. I feel like
0: mm-hmm. 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 that's a good. That's a good point. So, I, I, I in these hybrid races, I wear my watch, but I, I almost never hit the splits. Never, like I never think to do it in yeah. those moments. I'm just like too worried about getting in and out. And even if I'm looking at, it, I'm still not sure what the context is. Of what mm-hmm. it all means because the pacing is not on point. I'm not in a place that I'm going to be doing math. Not yeah. Not, not in these races. So, yeah. you're, in the live stream, your box jump overs, this is something that, this is the way that uh, uh Forrest Bogue was doing his too. Yeah. It almost seems illegal. Well, how?
2: Because so you're
0: tall? No, because it, it, it's <laughs> not, not because you're so tall. You're like regular size. I know. But, um, I'm just so athletic. <laughs> you're just, it just looked like you were just, it was so easy that it wasn't even fair. That, yeah. um, because it's like you step up, and then it's almost like you skip over. So yeah. it 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 looks like you don't have two feet on the
1: box at the same time. And you don't have to at the same time.
0: I think you do have to have to
1: touch. Yancy told us he said you just have to have the, both touch. He both. even he even showed us that strategy kind of like in our briefing. He said they don't have to be on there at the same time. Okay. So if you're doing it that way, guys, you need a a slower.
0: Okay because my my way was real slow i was stepping, yeah. stepping like up and over and then like that skipping and kind of like uh doing it the way that you were doing it is definitely faster so your, your box jumpovers overs are pretty quick too is that taxing to do it like that or does that
1: feel okay No, i, I felt fine i feel like jumping over is obviously way ta- more taxing but um you see some people that kind of like go in a circle like they step and then they're just like in a midi circle on their own box. And that has to be the most taxing way because you're getting dizzy. And then you're not in a rhythm. I feel like.
0: So you got to do those. Still lead. Your yeah. pacing seems to be going pretty well. After the box jumps, it was a little bit slower. It looks like you dropped that down. It's like five thirty nine ish range, which still is like, you're still hanging
1: on. You're still where you yeah. want to. I was right? in my goal. I was in my goal range.
0: And you're kind of in control at this point. And those first, to me, those first three zones, it's more of a trap just that will like blow you up. Like you're not going to win the race there. It's yeah. just, but you could, you, certainly, can lose it. you could certainly kill yourself. Right. Yeah. And the med ball sit-ups, what were you thinking going into that? Did they have like, were you just like, I don't know. Cause I went on, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing with these. No,
1: I, I got there a little early to practice like my form, but it's like at the end of the day is nothing. Um, I actually think I did a really good job because of my, my arms. I kind of just, i didn't have to throw it much, you know? I just had to like touch it and then go back. Um yeah, that's another one unless you're just like I don't know, you drop the ball a bunch. There's not a lot of ground made up there at all.
0: No. And I yeah, think that, that's what yeah. um it looked like Mark did yeah. drop it once, or like when he was f- he was fumbling with his little bit. And he's a little bit shorter too, yeah. So he 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 looked like he was fumbling. I don't yeah. know if he gained any or lost any ground I, on him. Yeah, I now.
1: dropped one all, like right on my face. Like I hit like the halfway point, and like it just slipped out of my hands and just went right to my face,
0: right to the dome. Oh, yeah, concussion. it's okay. Just it's just out concussion. Con- concussion protocol got stuck you back in the game. You're fine. You're good to go. And that, that's right. That, that like there is no real ground to be made up there. Yeah. I, guess I mean, it's your core
1: definitely core definitely gets burned.
0: And that's yeah. the, and then it's leading into it's another either. core intensive yeah. exercise. So then your your pacing is still kind of like right, right around one uh 50. was 150 after that. So yeah. are you feeling fatigued at all after that? As you're running. Yeah.
1: I'm starting to feel like all right, my kind of like a size stitch, I remember, and like slowing down a lot. But then in my back of my head, like yeah, Yancey said, go get, set the world record. But I was like, I'm not going to set the world record today. I'm here to win.
0: Today? Uh, oh, when, yeah, you, well, when are you going to set it then?
1: Oh, like whenever, the next time I want to. Next
0: just out in practice?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. some guy has it. Some guy um, has it. <laughs> um, my mindset was like, I just want to win today, get some confidence. So my run started dropping, but it was still a faster run than anybody in the field. So I wasn't getting worried at all.
0: Right. It wasn't like a matter of like needing to press super hard. It was about managing, managing the effort, managing where you were in in terms of the actual race itself. So into the ski erg, this to me is like where it really does get real. Yeah. Um, How, how was it?
1: I didn't feel good during my forms bad on it. I don't have access to a ski erg at my gym. I work at, and since I'm under a non-compete, I can't go to any other gym that has it technically. Like under my contract, really? You can't uh, work out at yeah. out other gyms. Yeah, correct. Yeah, okay. Um, so I, I've just been watching a lot of video of it and doing like on the bands and like air skiing. But I mean, it's just different when there's actual resistance there. I look back in my live feed and I'm doing like this whooping motion with my arm, and I don't think that's good for like on the recovery. So yeah, like kind of. I, I,
0: sometimes people do that when uh, Lauren Weeks does it that way.
1: Yeah. But it didn't, I don't know. I feel like it just wasn't pretty. That was definitely a place where I was like, okay, somebody can catch me on this pretty easily. Because I probably was only, I mean, with the transition, it was a 215, but it was, I was a quick transition. There was nothing really to do. So it was probably right there around a 210 that I skied, which I don't think is great. It's I don't know not too much awesome about it. That's the thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's that you would, you would lose some ground. Like, so at High Rocks, for example, like, I mean, Hunter's the the best one in in this hybrid racing yeah. field. But for a thousand, I think he was like one forty one or one forty two yeah. per five hundred. So yeah. yeah, like and and it's it's kind of strange. Did you move the damper?
1: I moved it to five because you said on your recap you moved it to five. I was like, okay, yeah. I I have no sense of judgment. Like I did it before the race a little bit. I was like, okay, I'll just say to five because that's what Rich did.
0: Did your core start feeling it?
1: Yeah. It really yeah. does. It really yeah. does. Start. It gets yeah. hard. And forearms a little bit, you know. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. it, it can kind of, it can kind of put a hurting on you, like yeah. in it, and in, in pretty quick too. Like if you're not managing the effort right, so it sounded like you did the appropriate thing. You're just kind of like, let's just survive this thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Not I said if I come much. out of that with a good lead, I'll, I'll have this wrapped up probably. what
0: Would you feel about the run after that?
1: Uh. I mean, I was—I mean, I was—I knew I was slowing down. Obviously, I knew I was slowing down a little bit, but I still felt like I'm fine. If I have to go faster right now, I—I I could. Like, if somebody comes right up on me, um, mm. but I—I I was getting definitely getting slower. The fatigue was starting to come in. Yeah. And, and like I mean, you- I've only had four or five quality workouts in the last five months, four months, so.
0: So it's not super. It's not super familiar. Yeah, you know what that feels like. Um, and I mean, it it, it slowed a little bit. You got to like one fifty three on that, and yeah. then you're able to kind of bring it back to one forty nine after the farmer's carry, which is just kind of a a, a nuisance. Yeah, but then and they put
1: like hundred pound dumbbells,
0: then, then it would be something. Yeah. Hundred pound dumbbells are heavy because like the dumbbells. I think heavier kettlebells are a little bit easier than because dumbbells are just like a funny. Yeah. Like they don't they're not proportioned very well in terms of carrying. A hundred pounds would be people would get hurt. <laughs> people yes. would definitely get hurt. Sixty
1: yes. is still just like you can jog with them like it's fine.
0: And it's short enough that it really yeah. isn't gonna stop anybody. No. Um so that is just that that is a lot like the uh med ball sit ups, like you're not gonna gain ground. If you make a mistake, yeah. you'll lose some ground, but that's uh-huh. like the only real way. Then it's the assault bike.
1: Yeah. Granddaddy of them all.
0: The granddaddy. How'd it go? Yeah
1: uh i mean hurt but i did i i biked really well i was like in the upper 70s for my rpm um so i biked really well being that fatigued i mean it was a 128 but that's counting the walk i i got in there walked once i got in because i wanted to control my heart rates breathe a little bit i slowed down my run right before and i walked in there really took my time to set like like just okay we're gonna go hard here so i i mean i was probably right there under a 120 for My bike, and that's pretty good for like if I'm just kind of fresh too. Um, That's kind of where you need to be. Yeah. Um, You know, I've worked a lot of it. That probably the past year, my my assault bike as a stadium races. I would get crushed. Um, I always get anxiety going to the bike because I just wasn't used to that kind of pain. But now I'm now it's getting good. Yeah.
0: Because if you're upper 70s, for was that where you're kind of judging it on? Was the RPMs? Is that where you thought you'd be, or were you just kind of going on
1: effort? I was going on. I was trying to go on RPMs. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That, I mean, that's solid. I mean, if you can hold that and maintain that, uh, but then the run after it.
1: Run got me pretty good.
0: It's like you're underwater.
1: Yeah. Run got me real. It took me like a whole lap to like get my stride back. I felt like.
0: Did you feel it like muscularly or was, or was, were you not able to kind of get your breath? What was the most
1: hurt, it was you? my breath? And then I just like, I get hurt to like stride out. Like it just hurt. Everything just hurt. (laughs) And I couldn't and like I couldn't breathe, it felt like.
0: It really is a game changer. That's like that is the whole race there. And in this female
1: race, Lauren Shroud went in there with a solid lead. I mean, she was flying, like much faster probably than I was running. And she was flying. And she went in there with a solid lead. And then she came out 25 seconds behind or something like that she probably went in like 20 seconds ahead or probably more than that i mean she was i mean running wise the two girls i mean chris and tara they're great athletes but lauren's a. right i mean she's a runner you know so she had a good lead on them
0: so at least that's something that is in here to to help the non-runners the non-like high-end runners really kind of get something back because that's the one, if there is a, a critique about Decafit, fit, it's like, okay, is it, it like, where is it an advantage for someone who's not just a really fast runner? Is the fastest runner always going to win this? Is that, is that how these are going to play out? So it was good to see. I was excited for Tara. I saw that that's a good win for her um, yeah. against, against like Lauren who did have the record before. Um, uh-huh. And it kind of boiled down to this assault bike. Yeah. Um, were you worried? Were you at like, like, cause I mean, when I did this, assault, assault bike, I was, I was worried that I could lose a bunch of ground on it for a stronger guy like someone like Magida. And um, uh-huh. even even though Mark, he's not a very big, big dude, he does a lot of assault bike work. He yeah. owns a he owns a gym and he does a lot of stuff like on that. I know
1: he he's on there a lot. Uh-huh.
0: Was there any doubt when you got on that thing? Where you like? There really was.
1: I mean, I had a, I had a good lead. I mean, I was like a lap ahead, pretty much. So it would it would take a good effort for somebody to really do that um so now there wasn't really any worried in me
0: how about the last Uh, couple stations was it all just maintaining getting through it
1: yeah yeah i kind of i did kind of shut down my run a little bit like i knew i was off the record pace and then i knew i had to win and then i just i just didn't want to blow up you know i if there's no reason for me to like i don't know if that's a soft saying but there's not a reason for me to like kill myself today like and i can still come out on top like i'm gonna do that and that was the goal right? yeah still coming back you know if I could shut it down early and keep some recovery, keep some of my engine in me and like be able to train on Monday, you know, cause I'm, I got other races. Like I was, I trained through this race. I'm able to train on Monday. That was still the goal.
0: So ultimately, okay. it was all accomplished. I mean, nothing extraordinary in the last couple of uh, of zones. You were just kind of like in the same spot. Yeah. Like it, it wasn't fast, it wasn't super slow. It was just all like that's kind of got through it, and you're able to maintain. What was your total time? Thirty-two something. Thirty-two oh nine. Thirty-two oh nine. Okay, nice. Yeah. Uh, I I was trying to find the freaking results on. Can't, I can't
1: find them. I can't. They're not on Athlinks yet. No.
0: I yeah. Athletes is very. It's very hard. To mm-hmm. navigate athletics. like it's really not that intuitive. It's not a very smart search, but I it just doesn't seem like it's
1: up. No, no, I couldn't find it anywhere.
0: Yeah. So. Um. So how was your how was your stomach?
1: It's good. The first lap, it started hurting. I don't know if I was just like crap. Like I'm nervous, and then after the first lap, I was fine. No, no issue. Didn't think about it at all. I was absolutely fine after the race. I had to I had to go to the bathroom really bad, but during it, I was fine i was i was ecstatic like i mean that was a big test you know like in my training i've had to stop mid workouts mid training cycles and go to the bathroom um did but you but have to stoked out? out were you like well, okay yeah. <laughs> if i had to go to the bathroom i would have lost that race like well yeah. it's just not enough time yeah but um <laughs> but like yeah like i i felt and that was a real confidence booster um it helped that the race wasn't until 1030, so I could kind of, like, flush everything out of me, eat my food real early, get it digested, and then be fine. So the next next thing is, like, a real early morning race, which most of our are, and the early mornings is why I have the most issues. So, um, yeah, hopefully adrenaline just always takes over.
0: And the more you get into your routine, the more you can kind of figure out how you're going to feel in different things. And like, there was some travel involved here. So that's extra stress and like a lot of different things uh, going against you. So it's really, it is pretty optimistic that you were able to um, kind of get through that whole race without any, any real issues, which is great. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. What'd you think of the race in general?
1: I love it. I did love Deca. Um, You know, everybody can do Deca fit, which is awesome, but there's a, you know, if anybody wants to like really go after it, like a top, racer in the sport, I feel like that can get really competitive. Um, no, I, I love DecaFit. I, I really do. I thought that was a great test of like overall fitness. Um, obviously, the better runner, probably going to win at the other day, but it still, it makes it hurt in other places that you just don't get in like training.
0: What do you think that would be the biggest outside of running? I mean, we talked about the Assault Bike. Like, How do you think people are going to get really fast so at like,
1: this? Uh, well, I'm going to touch first on somebody who, like is not the best runner, but can really compete. Preston uh, Burnett. Mm-hmm. Um, I, he's a guy like I think his five k time when he won Atlanta was up at the upper eighteens, maybe low nineteens. But he only ran two or three seconds slower than what I did in my my place, uh, my race. Um, mm-hmm. So that's a guy. And if you see him do burpees, if you see him do the assault bike or rower or um, uh, he makes up a ton of time there on the burpees and assault bike. Uh, so there is, and I mean, there is opportunity, but you just have to hit those stations just, and that's the thing. If you're not a good, if you're not the best runner, you have to hit those stations super hard and it's going to fatigue you on your runs even more.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but I mean, it gets it's just a matter of like how fast you can main, maintain your, your output As a runner and still like incrementally get better at these zones. I had a hell of a time with Preston at freaking high rocks. He would mash every station, mash them all. And then I would catch him on the run and then he'd mash the next station. Like he had the, his farmer's carry was like the fastest by a lot. And he like sprinted past me on the the lunges. I was like this freaking guy. Um, So yeah. So a guy like him is, is a good example, but like at the same time, if him and I were racing in a Deca, there would be nothing there. Yeah. like heavy lunges Yeah, uh, to, uh, for really having them kind of catch up. So you'd have to get like a lot faster, you know?
1: Yeah. 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 you going to, you going to do more. Yeah. Uh, I don't know when the one is in September, like the date of actually, cause I have a couple races in September that I'm already committed to, but yeah. Yeah. It's a
0: weekend. <laughs> it's a weekend that I'm away. It's actually in New Jersey. It's like a drive for me, but I yeah. can't make it. It's like September 11th, I think.
1: Uh huh. Um, nah, I think. Yeah, I got If it's September 11, I have a race that day. Um, I think, believe so. But yeah, I think I don't know how much faster somebody can get sub 30 is obviously very doable. I mean, you're wanting in your great running shape, um, and you got close to that. So, but I don't know. There's gonna be a point where this we can't really get any better, and then it's just it's gonna go back to racing again.
0: I hope. Yeah, I hope it's just like a bunch of people come out and like there's a lot of good races to, and like it would be fun. Like the women's race seemed fun. Like they're all yeah. three of them were at the Ram burpees at the same time. Uh-huh. That was crazy. Uh-huh. I would love yeah. to have that. Like you know, five, seven dudes deep, just all hammering at every station. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So there's room for that if we can get more people in there. But you're right. There was just too many races this weekend. There's just yeah. people everywhere, which
1: is good for me. I needed. I wanted. That was my goal. Go win. Get some confidence see how the body does on the stress and then let's keep raising.
0: Did they give you the, uh, foam roller to, 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 they keep? did.
1: They did. I, uh, forgot at my cousin's apartment. So I just left I, it. I just left it. Yeah.
0: You're just like, I don't want this. I completely, I just
1: completely forgot. We, we, the flight was so early in the morning and we left and then like, I was on my fly. I went, Oh, I forgot my trophy. Yeah.
0: What are you even supposed um, to do with that? You have to like, check that thing.
1: Yeah, I don't it know. Cost like, not- it
0: costs like fifty bucks to fly home.
1: And no I'm my cousin, I'm just not gonna get that back. That's gone. That's yeah, gone. and they're about to move apartments. It's gonna it's whatever.
0: No. He's he's so. taking that out on the motorbike. He's yeah. gonna see what kind of tricks he can do. Uh I still haven't gotten mine. They said they're gonna ship me mine. Wow. They don't have it. Yeah,
1: they gave us theirs. Yeah.
0: I don't I don't think I necessarily want it though. I don't know where I'd put something like that. Yeah. I've got r I do not got no room for that. <laughs> Well, Nick, man, again, I'm super pumped that you were able to get out there and, and hit it hard and take home the win. Uh, I was really excited to see that everything went well and that yeah. you, were, you were racing hard and you were after it. What um I know last time we talked, you were kind of like, and this this race, even in this race, you were kind of like, well, I'm not really going to make it a deal. I don't know. Uh, mm. like, I'm just going to do it. Um, yeah. And that you're kind of going to go like month to month in terms of like racing. But any idea what you got next?
1: Uh, Asheville, Nashville City. Yeah. Let's do it yeah
0: doing it let's do it baby do it all right cool man well that'll be good it'll be exciting that's in about a month
1: Mm -hmm. yeah got so i said another month to get the hill legs under me fitness uh i mean training's going great like it really is and i love it again so that's all i mean if i'm loving what i'm doing that's i'm gonna be fine i'll be just fine for that race
0: there we go, yeah, baby. And that's uh, that's how we ended. Uh, There's no better note to uh, end it on. That man. Well, I are you going to do your time. own?
1: Are you going to do your own High Rocks recap or?
0: Yeah, i I'm, I'm, I'm. I'll probably. I don't. I don't know when I'll do it, but I'll do it.
1: Okay.
0: I'm not gonna. Because right. we're just trying. we just trying to do little chunks here and there. But if. But maybe I'll get. Maybe I'll hit you up and be like, Hey, do you want to talk High Rocks?
1: All right. Because we have High minute. Rocks
0: to talk about. Cool, dude. Yeah. Logan Broad, Bent, my friend. Good What's mine. up, dude?
3: Nice enunciation
0: of that last name. Wow. Smash smash it today. So this Monday is going well so far. Dude, thanks for joining me. Another stellar performance out of you this weekend. But it's not a surprise. The race was in Ohio. So they basically let you start like the wave start. Is it like kind of like uh, like there's pro in golf, like there's a pro tee, like a men's tee. Do you have like a starting line that is substantially in? like into the course when it's in Ohio, just cause like
3: you <laughs> might as well. To, they start me one mile ahead of everybody else. They give me a slight home field advantage, which they, I really appreciate.
0: They need to start everybody else a mile ahead because of when they come into your home turf, like you're coming for that jugular. So Indian mud run also I'm surprised they're
3: still allowed to have that name. You I'm know, big- so I've been thinking about this a lot. I thought about it a lot leading up to it. Right. Because, um, you know, I think the Cleveland Indians are about to change their name, right? We had the Washington Football Team change their name, which I think is appropriate, right? I think it's it's a right call. Um, I I think QB may have some friendships or associations with um, uh, with some folks down there who are part of uh, you know who who have that heritage. Um, so uh, you know, maybe he has permission, but um, but yeah, maybe something to consider kind of going forward whether or not that's the name they want to keep. I just figured
0: it's like the third rail. Just might as well, like, hey, I'm just gonna go away from that. But I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> but that's that's something I thought too. But I guess that makes sense. The Cleveland Indians, it's right there. So, um, but the Indian Mud Run, you took it down. It was in the in the uh, in the backyard. And this race kind of is the closest thing that we're gonna get stateside to OCR World Championships or OCR North. Yeah, anchor.
3: or any any technical, like, obstacle-heavy European race, right? That is that is what this was.
0: And for this – and and it's mostly a regional race typically, right? M- Midwest, sometimes a lot of people in Mid-Atlantic will go over there, and it has a good reputation for having these incredible obstacles and being really obstacle-dense. Uh, but this one in particular caught the attention of one of the West Coast athletes at the top of the game named vj jones so he made his way out to the indian mud run this year uh and you were there waiting for him so leading into the race have you done have you done
3: this race before actually no i mean it's in my it's two hours away from me um and uh you know i just always had something else i've always wanted to do it because all my friends everybody's done it has raved about this race about the obstacles how many there are the challenge of the race Um, But this is my first year that I didn't have a boomerang tournament or a YouTube video or something else going on. So I was I was stoked to be able to go down and compete.
0: You don't you just don't you just stack things on top of each other. Now, you know, you can just fit it all. You don't have to choose anymore. You figured out how to do all, all the things. So you're fine.
3: I just, there's multiples of me. So I just end up going everywhere. Just knock them out. And so going into
0: the race, this was definitely the most competitive year for it. Just if you would have come by yourself, like that would have made it the most competitive. And then VJ coming in and and third was Jason West, right? Who's also a pretty, pretty solid athlete. So, uh, and looking at the course map, I, cause I had, um, coach an athlete who actually won the, the like 40 to 44 age group or whatever it was. And was trying to look at the map with her and I was like, ah, I don't know. I don't even know what this is. And it's like so obstacle dense and it's hard to really see what else is going on. So like, usually when we do these recaps kind of go through and what the obstacles, like how you got thrown, I don't even think, I don't think that that's even a we don't have time for that.
3: We don't have three hours. How would you describe the race though?
0: Just in, in general, like how do they describe the race? What is it?
3: Oh my gosh. All right. So, you know, topography, it's hilly. All right. It's very hilly, but it's a lot of ups and downs, ups and downs, ups and downs, not massive, massive mountainous climbs, right. But, but very aggressive, very steep climbs Um, part of it in the center. So this used to be a golf course uh, a a large part of this used to be a golf course surrounded by forests. So uh, the areas that used to be golf course have, you know, relatively, you know, even, you know, good footing and, and, and running through, you know, tall grass or short grass. Um, where you can put a lot of the really tough obstacles and the rigs and everything uh, but then anytime you're in the woods which is a large percentage of this race it is super technical super huh. technical um they they aren't trails designed as as like hiking trails they're just you know areas where you can move through the woods and um, you know it's a lot of a lot of scrambling uh, some climbing um, you're going through riverbeds up ravines, Steep down ravines, steep back up. Uh, there's a lot of areas where you have to, like, pull a rope to get yourself up to the top of these climbs. Um, and the running where you actually have to run through the woods is, is, is super technical. And I, I tend to have an advantage in that, in that realm. So there really
0: isn't – on top of it being incredibly obstacle-dense, it's not very runner-friendly – you would say not is it? a road
3: runner. roadrunner it's not roadrunner friendly no right it's not friendly for anybody who is used to hitting just track right or bridle trail or path or something right this is for somebody who um is used to running on single track mountain bike trails or, mm-hmm. or something something along those lines
0: and i would say i wouldn't consider you to be necessarily uh one-dimensional and in, in terms of running that you are, like you can get in a good. You're a good rhythm runner if if it was a road, like you could do well on, and you could do well in trail. I would consider VJ kind of the same. Like he does have a very fluid, smooth, uh, kind of looking like a road runner stride, but he's good on trails, right? Yeah, so you
3: run trails, you yeah. definitely he's can. over and over, yeah. But on these, because
0: even looking at some of the obstacles, like yeah, there was like rock walls, right, and like actual yeah. scrambles and everything, right? So for sure. For sure. Take us to the race a little bit. So, how did it kind of start, and and how what were you, what was your plan going into? It? What was the kind of your approach?
3: Yeah. So, my approach was um, really to. Uh, I knew it was going to be a fast start because it's a nice downhill start, which gets everybody up to speed really, really well. Uh, despite everyone already wanting to start too hard, um, so I, I wanted to hang in the front. You know, I kind of wanted to push the pace a little bit and keep the pressure up. Toward the front, so that uh, you know, we could kind of shake out who's going to contend right in the longer race. Um, because by the time you get into the woods, as uh, you know, it becomes harder to pass people, right? You have to wait for a tough obstacle, you got to wait for it to open up, you got to, you know, you got to work hard to get up a climb faster than somebody else or or do something you know more strategic. And so, I wanted to go into the woods somewhere toward the lead. You know, I figured VJ and I would be together. I at least wanted to be within contention, uh, with him. And, um, and I actually ended up entering the woods in the lead. Mm. Um, and at that point, um, you know, I actually within, within somewhere within the first mile, I took a hard spill, Uh, Vijay was right behind me, but I was taking, I was taking some of these descents and, you know, some of the rocks really aggressively. Uh, and I went down hard. I kind of paid for it. And luckily he didn't step on me, but, uh, he made, he did make a little pass there. And then he and I were kind of running together and, uh, you know, kind of pretty much supporting each other, you know, through that, through that point. Um, we continue to run together, uh, pretty hard. Uh, there is, uh, there is a one obstacle where you have, Basically, an A-frame with the rings, and you have to kind of—I forget what they call it—Valkyrie
0: like Val- yeah, it goes it, up and comes down,
3: sort of. But it's it's the rings that you hold, and you have to hook them onto the to the horizontal bars. So it's oh, like oh, oh,
0: you yeah. bring it with you,
3: yeah, exactly. Okay. And then you drop them, you drop them back in the bucket. Um, so he and I were kind of together there. I still got to that obstacle first, um, but where I made a move is when we hit Weaver. Which is, um, you know, if anybody is familiar with this, it's a bunch of horizontal. It's a hor. It's an A-frame with horizontal four by fours, essentially, and you have to weave between the poles over so the over sleeve. and under,
0: right? Yeah, over. over
3: under, over under, over under. Which, um, you know, I'm a smaller guy. I, I tend to be pretty good with body control. I got through that really quickly, and um, and that's where I started to put a little gap, and then we dipped back into the woods. And as soon as we went back in the woods. That's where I decided to make a move, um, and hopefully extend the lead so that by the next time he saw me, I would have I would have a stronger gap. Um, in playing a little bit of a mental game there.
0: So with Weaver, let's talk about that one a little bit because I've never I may have done that at one of the OCR World Championships events. I don't remember. Yeah. I, I don't think I have done that. But when I watch it, it seems like it'd be really hard to go through quickly. So when you're going through it, and you mentioned your body control, are you? upping the effort to get through it faster or is there a specific technique that you have and use that helps you kind of move through it or like, what, what, do you, what are the mental cues you're do, telling yourself to get through that?
3: Yeah. I don't think that this is one where you can force it, right? Where right. It's like, I'm going to go harder and that's going to allow me to do this faster. When you do that, you just kind of get caught up on yourself. It's got to be a nice, smooth rhythm right, to get through this one. And, uh, and what I tend to do is, you know, it's really going under that is the hard part, right? You have to go under one, reach over and grab the other. And then I'm using my legs. I'm alternating my legs over top of each four by four. Um, so it's, it's kind of a funky design. I should probably post a video of it or something to show the right technique. That'd be cool. But but you can see, yeah, you can see there's a few different ways that people have done it, but that one I think saves the most energy because I'm using all four of my limbs to support my weight. Right. And I'm not just trying to, you know, kind of muscle through it with just my arms.
0: Is that what people end up doing? They might just uh use like grab with the arm first and then kind of always like kind of press themselves up and over. Yes.
3: Yes. And then they have to get to the next one and then they lose their footing and then they're just using their arms and they have to swing their legs back up. What you want to do is try to keep in contact, have at least three points of contact, similar to rock climbing, having three points of contact at all times. And I'm going through the entire thing horizontally. So some people will try to go vertically and try to weave through the poles. Uh. But what you should really be doing is, you know, stay you know, stay horizontal, perpendicular or, uh, with, with the poles and and go through it that way. And that's, that's the, that's the right technique.
0: Interesting. So coming out and I could feel like that would be really taxing. If you aren't used to it and like with the first time you've ever seen it, it'd probably really frustrating too. So you came out of that and then put put a move on and then that was kind of it. Huh? That was kind
3: of it. Yeah. I, I, I put a gap going into the woods and, and luckily, you know, I, I had done a very long warm up, So before any race, I tend to warm up at least, you know, so this race was 6.6 miles. I think my watch had it closer to seven, but 85 obstacles. Right. So I wanted everything to be warmed up. I wanted to rev the engine. And I think that really helped. Right. Um, and I, I ran to the backside. I looked at the, you know, how long the carries were and everything and, and kind of planned out the race. Um, And yeah, once I dipped into the woods and really made my move, I felt good, but I kept getting nervous because as the lead runner, I don't, I have to pay very close attention to where the course goes, right? It wasn't super well defined. I mean, there were, uh, there were ribbons of tape on different Mm. trees and things that kind of show you where to go, but there were certain points where you could go right, you could go left and you got to stop. You got to look around and, and figure it out. There was one point where I climbed a rope ladder. Uh, that's attached to this rock cliff. And you get. I got to the top. There were volunteers there at the top. And I was like, okay, where do I go? Like, what do I do? And they're like, they had no idea. And so I ran around like trying to figure it out. I ended up back at the bottom of that same cliff staring at the rock ladder again and then had to go back up Saw the volunteers again, and then finally saw a sign further down where I had to go, and so I wasted a ton of time doing that.
0: No way! Um,
3: but uh, there were a couple times where that happened um, after the large. There's a big, big slide, uh, huge slide. It's like hundreds of feet long. You go like sixty five miles per hour. Ripping how down safe? Your- how safe is that thing? Everybody got nervous, but I don't think anyone <laughs> got injured. Like everybody thought it was like the most sketch thing ever because it's kind of, there are these two grooves where people have slid multiple times before. So they've started to like carve somewhat of a, of a groove into the, into the hill. Uh, Cause it looks like, like a water park slide. Yeah. But it flattens out toward the bottom. So you don't know if you're going to veer left, veer right. <laughs> um, and you kind of just, you know, close your eyes and say a prayer and, and hope for the best, but everybody's fine. So anyway, we made it, but then I got to the other side of the river and there was, I didn't know which way to go. I was like looking right, looking left. There's kind of a, uh, like a service road on the other side of the river. And so I had to look, go across and like, keep yelling, which way do I go? Which way do I go? And then they said, go to the right. And so I ran down to the right and then I saw another crossing. And then, uh, and then there was another point where I think there was supposed to be a rope traverse where you're supposed to be on the rope, but I don't think they have linked the ropes across the river. So it was just like a still river, you know, um, No indication where I needed to go. I just came up to water, but I did see an obstacle over on the other side. So I said, "Okay, I need to get over there. That should be the next obstacle." And I and and I so I dove into the moss and kind of you know carved the trail. So when VJ got there, he said, "Yeah, I didn't know where to go, but then I saw that there was this there was this big you know kind of." it was very obvious that Logan had swam across all the moss had like been split to either side. And he's like, so I just knew to go right across. And, and, and so he figured that one out pretty quick, but um, yeah, but it was, it was tough. I mean, you are with that many obstacles, you think you have time to rest on some obstacles, like from the running, but the obstacles were taxing. They were difficult, difficult rigs, difficult obstacles. Uh, You didn't get as much rest as you'd expect. And so getting back up to speed, getting your cadence back up, was really important but also really difficult this race and that takes that takes energy when
0: you are trying to navigate where you're going right you can never really be focused in on your effort as much when you're just concerned about getting lost and when you're in front too because if you're so far in front there's not a visual like if you get lost like you could just lose that lead they're not going to follow you you know no. that could be it yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: Were you worried about that? Were you thinking? I was,
3: I was, especially when I, when I ended up back at the bottom of whatever obstacle I was at, uh, I got really nervous because (laughs) I mean, I'm shaving, you know, precious seconds and possibly minutes. And, you know, I'm just waiting for other guys to start passing me up, you know, at that point. Uh, But I had, I had actually, I, I had no idea the gap that I had put, you know, on, um, you know, on the, uh, on the field uh until I finished right I, I kept running as if somebody was right behind me and um and so that was you know so I guess I had more I could have relaxed a little bit more than I more than I thought
0: cuz your finishing time was
3: almost 5 minutes faster how much faster was it 7 it was uh I ran a 114 uh, on 15 seconds uh BJ came in at 121 and 12 or 14 seconds so you know 6 minutes 59 seconds back and then another seven minutes back was Jason West. But all of us beat the next course record. I think the course record previously was uh 131 and or 130 or so and uh you know an hour and thirty minutes and I think there were more obstacles this year. So I mean the, the level of comp- competition definitely was raised this year. So I mean how do you have to be feeling good about that?
0: What during during the race, just kind of let's talk about some of these obstacles real quick. Um, what was your favorite obstacle in the whole things? Is there one that you're like that was super fun?
3: Oh my gosh, the last the last obstacle that they have is always always the best. It's the floating walls. Oh, it's floating walls. They, yeah, it's the floating walls to um, you know basically to a cargo net, and then they had multiple like bars, like three bars that you had to swing across to a ring, I think to two rings, and then you had to go over a vertical cargo net to the bottom. So this thing is a massive, uh, you know, massive uh, uh, obstacle, but it was, yeah, it was that was pretty cool. It's the finale. What's the hardest one out there? The hardest one, the one that was challenging people, there was one rig where it was, uh, where they had two big cargo nets that you had to go underneath. So they had a large cargo net that was sagging pretty low, right? So you couldn't touch your feet to the ground or anything. So you had to crawl underneath that, climb underneath that. And then they had um, an A-frame of rings, similar to what you were referring to earlier, Valkyrie, right? right? You have to grab the rings, you have to climb all the way up, and then come all the way back down. And then they had another massive cargo net to a rope to a bell. And so that one can burn you out if you're not good at cargo nets. Plus rings are easy enough, but when you have ascending rings where you have to, where you can't just rely on a swing over to the next one, but you have to muscle up to get to the next one, that one will pull, pull a lot of juice out of you. And that was, uh, that was tough. Where
0: was that in the race?
3: That was, um, probably, probably halfway in. Yeah, probably about two and a half, three miles in. So with the cargo net, because I feel
0: like you could, you would just, when I, when like cargo nets are surprisingly taxing on like grip endurance, what I found in the past. Yeah. What do you, what do you do to, to mitigate that? Is it just a matter of conditioning yourself to have enough grip endurance for it? Or is there a a technique that you've used to, to kind of help with those, with like
3: yeah yeah, yeah. you gotta so you if you gotta get through the you gotta get through the lowest portion of that net as quickly as possible because that's when you're supporting the most amount of your weight and you have to use your ankles or your feet your legs to lock in and Mm. make sure that that's supporting your basically the bottom half of your body right because if you're just using arms and getting through it by the time you get to those rings, you're going to be toast. Uh, so you want to go fast, you want to be efficient, but you got to use your legs underneath, uh, locking into the um, uh, locking into the to the net and making sure that you're you're supporting your body.
0: Yeah, so it's like really kind of a skill to be able to go through that fast and and with their hand eye hand eye foot <laughs> coordination to kind of move through it um, quick enough so it's not burning you out, but also knowing how to do it. That is kind of a tough one to have it be that long.
3: Yeah, definitely, definitely they had a really long like monkey bar thing, like longer than any rig that you'll have is probably two or three times as long, just monkey bars. Right. So if you can find a really quick technique to get through those, it's, it's, that's pretty fun. Uh, they had Irish tables. They had, um, you know, a lot of they had skull Valley, mm-hmm. which a lot of people were recognized from NORAM or from OCR worlds. Um, and that's, that's a pretty tough rig. They also had a low rig that was a little bit challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily I'm, pretty short and pretty small. So low rigs usually aren't a problem for me. Um, but a lot of their rigs were, were pretty, yeah, were pretty, pretty tough. I mean, that's, that's
0: up your, like going into the race, you probably knew that that was going to be in your wheelhouse and like seeing the running and like, you're not afraid to, of the technical stuff, but going against someone like VJ Jones, I don't know what VJ's uh, approach was like to this. I don't know what his goal was. I don't know what his training was like leading up to this, but like, you don't just beat him by that much, like like that's not something that would tip. I, I bet that surprised a lot of people, you know. Um, so you must be feeling pretty good, man. Are you feeling pretty confident? I How feel you feeling like, after the race? Yeah, I mean, I feel
3: I feel great. I feel like everything is going according to plan, right? So I've I've managed to get back to health, right. To, to be healthy, kind of injured my back, kind of mid season, you know, mid early season. And, uh, and that's feeling better. So I I did everything I needed to do there. Still been able to put in a really strong, you know, block of, of track work, hill work, um, you know, a little bit of strength work here and there to make sure that my, you know, my strength stays up for, for these types of obstacles. Um, so I feel great. You know, I think, uh, Uh, I don't, I don't think VJ should be disappointed in his performance. He, he ran really well. And I mean, if you look at how far ahead of the field, he, he ended up, um, you know, he hasn't lost, he hasn't lost a step. I think, um, you know, I think this course probably favored a runner like me, who is lower to the ground, who can scramble, who can throw caution to the wind and, um, you know, and fly through uh, fly through these, you know, the rocks and the trail. And like I said, I took a pretty hard spill and I don't, I don't know that DJ wanted to take a hard spill in Ohio and have to fly back to Colorado, but, um, you know, so maybe it favored risk, right? Maybe it was a risk reward, you know, type of scenario. And and the fact that it was in Ohio, you know, racing, People I train with and see all the time, uh, they, they gave me a little bit of added motivation.
0: Yeah. And it's like an advantage to not travel as far to the races. And like, it's hard to access, it's hard to replicate what these like East Coast type of technical trails are when you're on the West Coast, when you're in Colorado, like his trails aren't like that.
3: No, they're not. No, 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 no. I mean, it's mm-hmm. dense, right? Where we yeah. were a lot of trees. um you know, a lot of fallen trees that you got to hop over where you can lose a lot of momentum. And with 85 obstacles, I think more of this race had to do with how quickly you approach the obstacle and how quickly you got up to speed after the obstacle. Think about how many seconds you can make up or, or lose, uh, depending on how you approach, uh, you know, getting to and, and getting away from, you know, from the obstacle itself. But I think that's the first time you got beat this year. I think it is. Yeah, I think, I think it, is. it is. I think it is.
0: So, so if you take that with your Jacksonville performance, everybody that you've raced this year, you've beaten. Right? Have you beat Woods? Be
3: Woods? I don't think I've beaten Woods yet. I thought I he
0: – oh, you weren't at that one Savage that he that he didn't finish. Yes, he oh, were. Yeah, I
3: was. Yeah, you were. yeah you're right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so so far oh, oh so you haven't raced that Atkins was at that race too. Atkins, so- Atkins right. Yeah. so wherever Atkins is next, Logan Broadbent will be there. Tell <laughs> Atkins to come to Ohio. <laughs> yes, yes, see. please, um, please. Let's let's
3: have a boomerang tournament or something. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> but I mean, this does have to set up well for some of the the late races, and you gotta be feeling good about it. And so is is are you thinking OCRWC or what are you thinking?
3: Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking OCRWC. Um Stratton Mountains has been great for me. You know, I uh you know, maybe people probably won't realize but 2018 and 2019 I finished 4th at OCR Worlds. 2018 was pretty early in my career, I was still trying to figure stuff out. Um and uh you know, so it's a good mountain for me, right? And I tend to do well in the mountains. So, um you know, so that that podium has been elusive for me but I'm right there and and I don't right think there. there's any reason I can't um I can't get there even with even with a world world class field you know um there at Stratton Mountain I think I've I've got this thing figured out and I'm looking forward to that race it's going to be it's going to be great
0: yeah. And I mean, you're going to be on people's radar for sure. At, at, at that point, just from this race alone. And I mean, Jacksonville, obviously, but you're doing everything you can, man. So I'm, I'm real pumped to see how, how that's all playing out. And I'm just real excited to see this, these results at, at, at this race. I mean, this is like just right up your alley and just knocked it out of the park. So awesome! I,
3: I appreciate it. Yeah. And I mean, Hubie does a great job of hosting a race. Everybody gets excited about this one. Definitely want to encourage everyone to come out, you know, next year. If you, if you want to prepare for OCR worlds or mm. a course, like that, this is a great race to come out and, and do it because it, it will test you, right? And uh um, you know, and I think, you know, we had so VJ I think did an awesome job, very humble guy, like just nicest guy ever. We we cooled down afterwards together. We chatted quite a bit. Um I may go train with him a little bit in Colorado, you nice. know, leading up to uh leading up to West Virginia or OCR Worlds or whatever whatever it may be. Um but uh uh but yeah he's gonna be on top of tons of podiums, you know, well into the future. Uh, I may have a shorter, shorter timeline to work with, so I'm going to try to take advantage while I can. And then, uh, you know, Jason West did a great job. Uh, Robbie, uh, Gingrich was, was there as well. Uh, finished, uh, I think fourth place and then, uh, Dustin Good, you know, he's, he's always a contender. Rock so, solid. Rock yeah, solid. Rock solid. so yeah, come on out, come on out to Ohio guys. See, see, uh, see what a real race is all about.
0: Yeah, and I, we had a comment that said we it is the race to prepare for, for worlds. And I agree. I mean, this is the place that to really kind of see where you're at. And it's a good timeline too. It gives you some time to really kind of prepare things out. Um are you, are you thinking Utah next?
3: Yeah, I'll probably be in Utah. Um I've got another uh trick shot video, boomerang trick shot video to shoot with uh with the big YouTube channel. Uh, I don't know if I can mention that yet, but uh All right, but well, maybe, let us know. We'll, we'll and then that. I'll fly I'll fly straight from there to Utah and hopefully race with everybody. And then, you know, we've got Asheville, we've got West Virginia. So the whole U S national series, I'm planning to do um, OCR worlds, of course. Yep. And uh, yeah, we'll see what else pops up, but um, I'm looking forward to seeing everybody out there and, and hopefully uh, continuing the momentum from, from early season.
0: Well, you're healthy, you're kicking butt, you're doing obstacles, you're throwing boomerangs. You're just doing all the things that you can do.
3: <laughs> doing it all, man. Doing oh, it all.
0: Man. Well, I appreciate Thank it. Thanks up, for taking range. the time. All right, guys. We'll talk to you soon.
3: All right. See you guys. Thanks.
0: Got it. And now we now we know Mark Audette, my friend. What's up? What's up, bro? <laughs> Not much, man. How are you feeling? This you just came off of a a mega weekend. What what's been worse in terms of recovery? Uh, trifecta weekend or Ultra weekend? Uh,
2: definitely Ultra weekend.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Just uh, yeah. Broken up over three different races. Um, Higher intensity, but if you think about it, I was only really out there for uh, like three and a half hours total, um, which it wasn't too bad. And and just the the terrain just wasn't as as brutal um, as Ohio, just slogging through water for miles at a time and mud. Um, It was muddy, but nothing like Ohio.
0: Ohio brings that mud, that photo of like your first and second lap and the difference in, in muddiness, it was hilarious. (laughs) Um, well you went out, you went down Logan Broadbent. He, he set the standard in terms of like how to run a trifecta weekend successfully. And you just matched it. You, you, you took his template and you matched it and you, you went above and beyond, took home three wins in two days. And those are your first wins of the year, right? Yeah. First wins of the year. How did it feel?
2: It felt good. Um, You know, I've raced pretty well so far, um, but I really haven't put it together yet. And so things kind of clicked in Fayetteville. I just, you know, I had three clean races and um, just gained a lot of confidence.
0: It seems like you did have like your swag on. It seemed like you were like, all right, like you felt it, just from like the outside looking in and just like a little, we talked, it seemed like you were like feeling good. Was there a bump in confidence? Was a bump in confidence leading into it? Like, how did it feel going into this race versus like other races?
2: Yeah, I think my fitness is just, I'm just starting to dial it in. You know, I've, I've just had a lot going on at work and, um, you know, just life has been generally pretty crazy. Uh, but I, I felt like getting my butt kicked. Uh, by by Tyler Beerman in Ohio kind of refocused me. Um, I took my recovery a little more seriously. I got some more sleep, and uh, you know, I just had some really good workouts. So I felt pretty good going into into Fayetteville, and you know, Brian Gwizdski and I always have have really competitive races. So I I knew it was going to be quite a tall order to to win any of the races. Um, but still, I went out there with a goal to you know, to,
0: to win every race. And that was, and like, you mentioned it a little bit before in terms of some of the races that like, there was, seems like all the races you ran this year, there was like small mistakes somewhere along in the race in, in some point of all the races that would either cost you a win or cost you some sort of place. And you mentioned you had a couple of clean races this time, three clean races did, uh, were you starting to feel like you were doing something like doing something wrong or like approaching something wrong that was creating these type of mishaps?
2: No, I, I never really got there. I think, uh, I knew it was only a matter of time before I put it together. I just needed, you know, to get back in my groove and get, get a little more experience and I just needed to race as much as possible. And I, and for me really, I think racing is the best training, um, for me. I just, mm. I have a hard time recreating that, that type of intensity or like a, that type of fatigue in my workouts around here. So, you know, I just need to race as much as possible. And I knew, um, coming off Charlotte, I had a pretty good break. Um, but then, you know, running clean in Ohio over 80 obstacles, I felt like my proficiency was there. Um, it was just a matter of of if I was going to have the engine strong enough to, to go hard for an hour 45, um, in the beast, uh, with my lack of mileage lately.
0: Yeah. So like, I love that the confidence didn't really wane, right. It was just a matter of let's get out there and learn from the mistakes. The fitness is already there. Let's just make it happen. So let's get into the races themselves. So the, you mentioned whiskey, he was there at all three and, um, and he's as good as a competition as typically is going to get at any specific, at any Spartan race like he's a stiff competition that you'll see so what was it what, what was it like during the beast like I didn't get too much of a breakdown from you like how did it kind of play out
2: uh so the the beast had uh you know Brian Gowiski was there um Jared Flank uh was there he's he's, pretty, in the
0: he's, he's actually from the town next to where I, I, I'm from like growing up okay. yeah there's like this town that like is a little pocket inside of Easton. It's called Wilson. It just exists. I don't know why it exists, but that, but that's where he's from. And I haven't seen, I've seen him in some of the local races. I talked to him when he was first getting into the sport, but uh, he kicks butt in Savage. He does. Yeah.
2: He's strong. So he showed up there and then uh, Brent trail flew down from New Hampshire. Um, So, and then there's a few other, you know, local guys who are are tough. If you make mistakes and be right there um, and they'll beat you. Uh, so, so pretty strong, but overall pretty small fields, um, on Saturday. Um, but Jared pushed the pace early. Um, and I, I don't know much about him, but, um, like we, Brian, and I didn't let him, but we, the three of us ran together for the first nine miles and it was a pretty fast pace. Um, probably faster than, than I would have wanted to go. Um, But like, I wasn't going to let, you know, Jared, you know, run away with the race um, because I really didn't know um, really what type of athlete he was. I just knew he was was fairly strong. So the three of us stayed together until um, about nine miles. And then Brian, who was kind of like lagging, um, like back in third, just behind us, really took advantage of kind of a back-to-back of some, like, strength-type stuff. I think it was, like, turquoise, and then immediately into – he had, like, an incredible turquoise, and then he got a little gap on us, and then we went right into, like, the uh, Atlas carry, um, which was, like, immediately after. And Brian, like, went for right there. And that was probably 9 to 10 miles in. So Brian Mm -hmm. just made a break to try to separate right there. And so I went with him, and then we kind of – lost jared on the bucket carrier like i never saw him again so he kind of struggled through the kind of the heavier type stuff and uh and brian was just going for it so we like picked up the pace big time and i'm just trying to close like a 15 second gap hmm. um which at times i felt like it was growing i think it probably got up to like 20 maybe 25 seconds um over the next couple of miles and i mean brian was laying the hammer and i was I would make some ground, and then we'd run into some like sloppiness or some like zigzagging through some like bushwhacking sections and we'd come back out. I'd see him again. And I would try to close the gap. Um, and then about, I'd say 13 miles in, we, there was this gauntlet that was just like brutal. It was like a, a crawl. And then it was like the, um, god like the the you go into the mud i can't remember of that thing rolling uh, mud rolling mud yeah rolling mud and then immediately immediately into slip wall wall. really bad footing really muddy and then we ran into a probably the muddiest sandbag carry that i've ever seen like mud up to your knees um and I was able to close to probably about 15 seconds to Brian going into the spear throw. And so Brian was like, you know, he had the spear in hand as I came like running in and I'm like watching him throw as he misses. Mm. And I just came in, I took the same pit that he used and I just reeled his, his like uh spear that I was laying on the ground in as he's in the, in the burpee pit and I hit it and there was only like a half mile left. So like he, Um, I had a very easy last half mile of just kind of coasting in and making sure that, you know, I didn't, I didn't mess anything up so that it was a really good battle, but it was a pretty, you know, weak ending there. Um, we were so far enough ahead that, that Brian knocked out his burpees and kind of cruised into the finish. And I kind of took it easy from there. So the race is kind of over at that point
0: yeah i suppose it's anticlimactic with a miss spear and that's the thing with the spears being at the very end like this whole great race happens and then it's just like a miss spear what was it like to navigate through that muddy sandbag carry
2: Uh, so not bad the first time the first and second time through uh wasn't too bad um uh there's a little a few ultra people i think in the in the carry the for for the beasts. um but the sprint, so the second day, it was just, like, crowded with people, and it was, like, really, really churned up and rough to get through. Um, but it was pretty short. I think it was probably only, I, I don't know, like, less than, I would say less than two-tenths of a mile. Um, so it seemed to be pretty short, but really, really uh, sloppy.
0: So after the beasts, taking that win, I had to feel good, especially like, you know, uh, executing to your full ability and, and coming away with it. What was your approach then leading into the, the super?
2: Uh, so I felt, I felt good going in. it. was mostly the same field minus Jared. Um, and then a few newcomers, um, on Sunday, but, but no one I really saw as like a, as like a major, a major threat. Um so I wanted to once I got warm warmed up I just really wanted to separate fairly early and just like not have to race that last mile of just like constant mud. Um I just felt like with Brian's you know ability to to just churn through mud and like uneven terrain I just wanted to have like a a uh, a healthy lead going into that final stretch. Um, so I wouldn't have to race through there. And that's basically what I did. I kind of just I separated from everybody about a mile in. And I just ran uh generally by myself with Brian. I knew Brian was like back there, but I was generally by myself the most of the race. Um and then I took that last half mile like really easy, just making sure I got through everything because I had a pretty good uh lead. And then Brian kind of came like storming out of nowhere and like was, you know, got on the A frame of <laughs> me right at the end as I was I was finishing. So I had to pick it up a little bit there.
0: So it was like wire to wire for the for the super. I didn't realize you had it the whole time. Were you just yeah. pushing? Did you push really hard for that first like 5k?
2: Yep. Yeah, I I kind of pushed hard and then uh, got the separation. And I, I think the lee was. I would assume I had about 30 seconds on Brian, most of the race. And then I think in that last mile where I was just like super cautious is where he probably gained 20 back on me.
0: Interesting. So what was your, what was your recovery? Like between, let's talk first about the beast into the super. What'd you do that day after or like that, that um, night leading in? Cause it seemed like you felt pretty good. Yeah. So I went back to my parents' house about 30 minutes away
2: and I, you know, got a good meal and I had to, (laughs) actually had to work on a paper. Um, So I had to kind of, um, you know, forget about, about training and recovery for a while. And I slapped the, uh, um, some of the fireflies on my legs and I had to work on my paper uh, for a course I'm in right now for a few hours. And um, yeah, and then I, I tried to get some, some sleep, but really didn't do anything um, just spent some time with the family and got a good meal and Normatect and wrote a paper. That was pretty much my evening.
0: So uh, sometimes I would think about like, what is a good use of my like mental space and like not trying to put much more stress on my brain. But like in your case, it seemed like, do you think that helped to take your mind away from the sport from a little bit and to kind of dive into something else?
2: Yeah, I think so. I wasn't, you know, I didn't really analyze the race or overthink anything i just i kind of had to immediately shift gears and you know shift my focus to something completely different and i i you know i i picked up uh thinking about the race later that night um made sure i got you know the right nutrition in and everything and then um you know the next morning i was i was 100% focused again but yeah i didn't you know i didn't lose any sleep over anything or you know, overanalyze anything. Cause yeah, I, I really didn't have time
0: to. I tell you, I got some of those fireflies.
2: Oh, did you get some?
0: Yeah. They're pretty sweet.
2: I like yeah. them. Did, did Anthony send them to you?
0: Yeah. He sent them over. Um, and they, they work well and they seem to make sense, but I want to do a little bit more of the research on like what is actually happening. So like they're, they're essentially, it's essentially like the, um, complex, right? Like, uh, the, like electronic STEM, Yep. just set near one of the like main arteries that runs down your lower leg. Like it, it, go, it straps like right below your knee and then it just sends impulses down. So your foot just kind of like jolts up and down. Yep. Um, and I, I feel, I feel like I feel better all over, not just like in my lower legs. Is it supposed to be like that?
2: Yeah. Yeah. It really, it really does. I mean, it, it uh, it's really simulates like artificially simulates like walking, um, you would get the same oh. general thing out of walking but you wear them in an airport you wear them in the car probably when you're not driving um
0: no probably not when you're driving yeah
2: <laughs> you're just all over the place but uh <laughs> but yeah you kind of get that same thing to get the blood moving get some fresh blood into your lower legs to you know stimulate recovery
0: yeah there's some they have some papers on it i gotta read into it a little bit more to see like why but i I don't know. I think they've been working. I've been wearing them after flights too, like before, before races and things like that. So yeah. So you had those, the recovery gadgets going, um, that do work. So what about the, uh, the sprint then how much time do you have between the sprint seemed like it was pretty, pretty late in the day.
2: Yeah. So we raced it. The super started at eight on Sunday, which is a little different instead of the seven thirty. 30. Start, we started at eight. We finished, you know, about roughly nine ish. And then uh, we raced at noon for the sprint. So we had about a three-hour break in there to, uh, with awards happening at, like, 11.30. So we had, like, awards at 11.30 immediately, like, kind of warm up and move down to the, to the start line for at the noon. And uh, in that race, that fields there was a couple, a couple more local guys who, who came in fresh um, for that one which, uh, you know, just brings out a whole new challenge when you're going on race number three. And some people that's their, that's their a race for the weekend coming in fresh. So
0: that's how you cherry pick right there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This third, third race of the weekend for the sprint. Yep. That's how you do it. Um, so how did, how was that? How'd that race go? So that one
2: like went out hot.
0: Um, so
2: um Brent Trail and uh one of the fresh guys he's a a young kid out of Charlotte I mean they just took off like Brent went for it um he and it was his third race as well and Brian and I were kind of like like trailing back a little bit just being like oh man like we're gonna have to work for this because like everyone is just going going all out right now um so I kind of hung about 10, 15 meters back from those guys, they were going, I was like, you know, I can't let, let these guys get away. And, um, I could tell by, you know, just tell by the breathing that they were overrunning at that point. So I knew it was just a matter of time. Um, and so I kind of just hung back. I knew the bucket carry was coming. And right. As I grabbed the bucket, I just was like, this is where I'll take the race right here. And I grabbed the bucket and, you know, went hard with it. I passed both of them on the bucket carry. Um, And that's really where um, I kind of separated. And then I knew, I actually didn't know um, where Brian was at that point. And now we're like weaving through hundreds of the back end of the beast racers. Um, so it's really hard to tell who was where, um, mm-hmm. so I just kind of ran that next stretch really hard until I guess the really muddy final half mile or, or so. And the, uh, you know, the staff on the, on the mule were telling me that I had a, a pretty healthy lead at that point. So I was able to kind of take it in easy, uh, again, but Brian was still only, you know, 25 seconds back. Uh, um, yeah, that one so- seemed
0: closer. Yeah. Seemed closer than what it sounded like. Yeah. Huh. Um, That, I mean, it's, it's awesome. It's an awesome sign that after three races, you could make a decisive move on a carry. You know, you figure it would just be like surviving and just like picking a spot where someone might, uh, someone else might make a mistake, but it must be a testament to your strength in that, that respect to just be able to hammer when, when you can call on it that late in a race. Um, so. And I think that late in a, that like after on the third race, I really, had to
2: like, you know, dig deep for like the motivations there. Yeah, and I kind of honestly dug on, dug deep on exactly what you talked about early was was people coming out for race three to cherry pick, <laughs> and uh, I used that as a little bit extra motivation, maybe a little bit of anger, um, to st- you know still bury them.
0: It's a good feeling too to be able to say that. It's like all right, yeah, I'm, I just buried these dudes who are completely fresh. It's like, I'm crushing that. I'm crushing this. <laughs> These guys have no excuse. Um, so what, did you, what was your recovery like in between the super and sprint? We you just feed up?
2: Yeah, I, I made sure I, I got the right nutrition in um, with some recover rights. Um, and then my, my family came out there. So I kind of just hung out with them. And then I made sure I got in like a a pretty solid uh, warm up, um, but yeah, I was just kind of relaxed and try to stay out of the sun. It got like above ninety degrees there, so it was hot, and there was no was not a lot of cover or shade anywhere. So that was really the the priority to just get out of the sun and um, you know stay as cool as possible.
0: So I mean, all things considered, the races went really well. <laughs> you know like the goal is to the goal is to run your best and if you come away with a win that's great and you came away with three different wins um what are some things that you what you may have learned from the from this trifecta weekend or what were some takeaways from it
2: yeah i think the the biggest takeaway for me was my my staying power on the beast is not really where i thought it would be um mm-hmm. so i know i've got some work to do and i I felt the same way, um, after Ohio, obviously a much different type effort, but I kind of was a little disappointed with, um, with how I felt in the, in the back half of that race. And then, um, I felt pretty much the same in, in, uh, in Fayetteville on the beast, you know, Brian was able to separate a little bit from me. I was able to come back a little bit, but we were not moving that like that fast by the end. We were both of us were just like grinding and just suffering, um, but not moving at, at a pace that I think I'm going to have to be moving at in say uh, Asheville or um, West Virginia. When, when we have like some, you know, all the top tier guys there. So that's one takeaway I have is I need to start extending some of my workouts and get out, you know, over 90 minutes, um, over two hours. Cause really, my long runs have been eighty minutes lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, shows me I, I got to get some more, more time on my legs. Um, so I have a little more staying power at the, at some of the higher intensities.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so, so will you put some of your, some intensity work into those longer efforts? You think? Or just yeah, more,
2: yeah. I think so. And then I, I just need to get some some long easy easy runs in um as well and that's it's really been i think a a product of my my work life um mm. lately it's not having much time i've been i've been putting in the mileage but if you look at the amount of time i've been putting in it's been less but like my my long run last week was 80 minutes but i ran at 620 pace like i you know, I had to get the workout in, so I'm, I'm running harder, but I'm not putting the time in on my legs. And I think it's, it's showing up in l- later on in races right now, like over, you know, over 90 minutes, I'm starting to fatigue, um, more than I should be.
0: And you think it's due to not enough time on your feet, not necessarily like the obstacles or the terrain. It's just a matter of extending the workouts, doing a more work.
2: Yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, you got time. I mean, the next race, uh, well, yeah. What do you, what do you got next? Are you thinking, I knew you were kind of up in the air on a couple of things.
2: So I am signed up for Palmerton super on Saturday. Um, I I'm really hoping to do that. Um, but my wife is due any day. <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: so <laughs> priorities.
2: <clears throat> it's going to depend. Um, but if, if I do run, I'm going to like, it's a three hour drive for me. I'm going to drive the morning of which it's going to be brutal.
0: Yeah.
2: And then I'm going to race it and drive home. Um, so that that's, is, I'd say that's likely at this point. And then, uh, I don't think Utah is going to happen though for me just because I, that's the actual due date week mm-hmm. is there. So unfortunately I don't think I'm, get out there I would would love to it just with how busy I am at work right now and then a child on the way um with the race at altitude like there's just a lot of things that just don't make sense to uh you know to go out there just for the day so I think I'm gonna start gearing up for Asheville will be my next national series race um
0: yeah and it gives you more time to, to to train for that specifically, and like you said, if there needs to be more time spent on your on your feet, uh, and in doing that, like a Utah course, which is going to be a lot of incline, like it's going to be hard to be as prepared as you need to be for that race, you know. um And with all the stress weighing on you, I mean, even though it's not necessarily bad stress, it's still stuff that would be a tall order. I think that's the right move. Yeah, yeah, um because yeah, then that then Asheville would be right there. That should be a good course for you, I think. I mean, it's not mountainous, but it's a little nasty.
2: Yeah, I haven't been
0: to Tryon there.
2: Um, I When I saw this Asheville, I, re- I thought it was at the original Asheville location at the Rock Quarry, uh, no. which I was really pumped about, which has some, some pretty good climbing at it. Um, so that's what I was expecting. But then I saw it at that other venue, which I've never been at before. I know you ran the year, got like incredibly wet and muddy, right?
0: Yeah, that was horrible. Um, and, like, it was, like, that orange mud that freaking the Carolinas have that is so bad. Um, but the course itself was pretty rolling. I mean, there was some pretty nasty. like, the, the, there's probably going to be some decent elevation gain because there's probably one or two climbs that are, like, 200 or 300 feet, but just, like, two of them, like, back-to-back back, that are, like, really sharp and nasty that are – they almost look, like, man-made somehow. Um but that's really it. It's not going to be like a, they might send you through some nasty footing how they always do, but there's going to be areas to run. There's going to be some nastiness. Like I think it will be, I think it'll be a good one for you. The super distance too. So something that should be up your alley. Um, you'll have other chances, West Virginia. And then you'll have to get, I mean, if you don't want your Jacksonville to, uh, place, which isn't bad, right. Like You can be all right with that. Yeah. Especially with the, the move from seventh to ninth place that, Hopefully oh yeah not- shoot i forgot them i i forgot i got bumped down yeah so i mean you might want to drop that but i mean the, by the time big bear rolls around which is october right you'll be altitude acclimated you're ready to go
2: yeah that's the one where i think telluride's got to be around there somewhere though that's oh, the yeah. that's the the uh everyone's gonna have that that same issue there
0: that's true That's true. So not, but I mean like if the, if it's weighted the same way that it was, if you get a top five, a top four, I'm not sure if it is weighted the same way in these next two races, it could be sitting pretty even with the ninth, you might be all right. Yeah. We'll see.
2: Yeah. It's kind of been a a weird season already, Um, but
0: we'll make the best of it for them. to Even really have like a series is still like, kind of like, are you forcing it? Like, is it going to make any sense for anybody? Um. yeah all right man well awesome job again i'm so pumped that everything like went well and that you're you weren't starting to feel like things were were going wrong for a reason that it was just a matter of getting the reps and be, getting out there so are they paying you on sundays uh yep they are i think so i wasn't sure someone asked me i was like hey i heard they're not paying on sundays i was like i don't know and there's that like money report that the ocr report's doing <laughs> but like. Are they just guessing? Are they just like counting up like the places that people got? I, I haven't know. been I haven't been paid for anything yet. Have you made, have you gotten, has Spartan paid you? Yep. I got paid for Jacksonville
2: and for Charlotte.
0: You got paid for Charlotte? Cause I'm, I don't know if Decafate is the same as, um, Spartan in terms of the where that, where the money's coming from. Yeah. I'm trying to get that money. Um, <laughs> but hopefully they're paying on Sundays. Cause I heard they're not doing podium placements right they're not giving you money for being they're not giving you um not money uh entries for podium spots oh they're not that's what i heard you should check
2: i mean i where we had that conversation where i i didn't see any um
0: oh yeah that's right i heard that from somewhere else someone someone outside of torque was like yeah they might not be giving them interesting yeah I don't see the harm. All right, dude. Well, uh, so we'll see you at, maybe at Palmerton. Uh, that'll be a, that'll kind of count as like an ultra effort. Are you going to run? I'm not running. You're not? I'm not running. I'm not doing it. No, I thought about it. And then like, I just haven't, I have done zero trail work. I've done zero hill work. I would just like, I wouldn't, it's not even necessarily that I wouldn't do, I wouldn't be that worried about not doing well. I would try to do it for fun, but like, I might get hurt. I don't know. it's my brother's birthday. So I'm going to hang out with him. I haven't hung out with him on his birthday in a couple of years. So, okay. I'm all in the hybrid racing world. Now, if there's not, if there's not a sled push, (laughs) I'm not going to be there. So that's how how it's going to be. Well, cool, man. Well, we'll catch up. Great job again. Really pumped for you. And we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks again, Rich. Hello. What's going on? Rich Ryan here. I'm just going to take you through how the race at Hyrox went, just go through each station, talk about some of the splits, here and there and just some of the general uh like racing takeaways that I got from from this event. So this was my second Hyrox event and after the first one I really wanted to make sure my management of energy was much better, especially through the sleds. Like I really put it out there for the sled push and pull on my first one in Orlando. And I knew that that was not sustainable because the back half of my race really fell apart. So going into this, I wanted to make sure I ran a much more complete race and managing my effort through this sled. So as everything started, there was about eight of us in the, uh, the elite corral. And with that, it was, it was pretty short. So we knew who everybody was. And the race went out. Uh, Victor Quesada went out screaming hot. He typically does that. And that first run is really not a place to necessarily make or break anything. It will typically break things. So I just settled into something that was pretty sustainable for me. And in the first lap of this one, it was a weird setup because it wasn't uh, a full thousand to start because the transition zone was so long on this But that they made up for it on this first run. So it wasn't quite that long that it would be in a, uh, a normal high rocks for, with, uh, with like a, a bunch of loops. So I went out just chilling, came into this uh, ski erg in fourth. It was Victor, Hunter, Magida, and myself, but it was basically a big pack. Uh, Everybody was really right there. And then at the the ski erg itself, uh, I came through and was holding around... 150s a little bit under that first 500 i was probably around 147s 148 for uh, per 500 on that and, and really wanted to be around 150 and what I found out is that that's really not very fast <laughs> that's really not very fast for some of the top guys uh hunter was out of there in a hurry and then everybody else kind of followed suit I mean hunter was out 10 or 15 seconds before anybody at the entire uh, in the entire race but then everybody but kind of left at the same time I, w- I think I got out of there in uh, maybe sixth uh, coming out of it, but it was basically a big group, it was Hunter, and then there was the rest of the field, so, I think Dylan Scott got out of there, uh, ahead of, uh, myself and Magida, I just latched onto Magida, and kind of ran up with him, and tucked right behind Dylan, and so it was David, Dylan, and myself running, uh, that second, that second 1,000, this was the full 1,000 meters, and the, 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 the transition zone, the rock zone, is what they call it. Was incredibly long. It was the almost the whole length of the the stadium. It's of the convention center itself. So there was a lot of time in between the stations themselves to kind of get up to to run. So uh, after the skier just kind of settled in behind Dylan, and we were just kind of cruising along, and then came into the sled. So. Leading into sleds, like I said, I knew this was a place that was really, I was really going to need to buckle down and do well on, and I did not. (laughs) So one of the things with uh, the, you'll hear with the sleds in general is that the footwear does matter, like the traction on your shoes matters. And in the past, in the last race, which was about a month ago, I had a pair of Skechers uh, go run razors or a hyper razors, a hyper burst razors, razors three plus, whatever they're called. Huge long name on these shoes, but uh, I bought another pair of in, uh, about I bought a pair of Endorphin Pro ones, and I thought they would work really well. Just looking at the traction, I thought it would do the trick. And warming up with them in the 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 zone the warm-up zone it just they weren't working so I had to abandon them and go back to the shoes that I wore on the previous one but that was a month after a lot of training in them and the bottoms were pretty much just bald and they were actually kind of falling apart a little bit because of the sleds push so right away I wasn't able to get the traction that I needed to get so when I'm doing these sled pushes I need to get down really low and have my hips almost at 90 degrees so I can push it uh, at all, so n- I wasn't able to get that type of traction because my foot where it would land was a little bit beyond my center of of gravity, uh, so I wasn't really able to get that traction. So I had to like open up my hip angle to get the foot traction that I needed, and then it just made it way harder. It, it, like I'm not strong enough for things to go wrong in terms of my form to to really get through it the way I need to get through it. So it's not necessarily the shoes' fault. In this case, it I'm just not strong enough to have things go wrong. I need to be better prepared for it to happen. So, I got through the sled push. I got I got to the sled push in fourth, and I came out of there. I think, I think uh, Brent passed me on this. Uh, Cole passed me on this, and I think Preston passed me on this as well. So I came out of there. Uh, what is that? In sixth or seventh out of nine, which is a which is tough. Um, and my my sled push was five eleven, which was. Uh, eighth overall eight out of nine people in the field and in the previous race in Chicago uh, in Orlando I'm sorry my sled push was 418 and that was with the Rockstone so really this is closer, to probably 345 for the sled push in Chicago so it was like almost a minute and a half slower in Orlando so I was a little bit uh, in Chicago so I was a little bit buried there and I came out of it and I got back got myself back into about fifth place for the pole and this was a an, an absolute disaster. So my shoes again weren't able to really get that traction that they needed, and I my my hands I didn't wear gloves in the previous race in Orlando. I wore gloves and they worked really well for the sleds, but then I definitely overheated and I didn't do and I was sweating really hard and I wasn't able to get what I needed out of them in the later round. So I decided to opt out of them, and that was a mistake for this the pole. So same kind of thing like with the footwear if everything's not perfect for the push it's the same thing for the for the pull for me that my hands were slipping just a little bit and it was just just like pulling the sled backwards and it just was a long haul overall trying to pull trying to pull that thing um, with slippery shoes and with um, poor grip uh, slipping grip so again these are sort of excuses but they're also just the reality that I'm not strong enough I'm not strong enough to pull the thing um, if not if everything's not perfect so just an example, my, my time was the ninth fastest, and the eighth fastest, which was Victor, uh, was 5.48, and my time was 7.38. So, th- basically, the field put um, at least two minutes on me, and uh, guys like Preston Burnett put three minutes on me. Cole Schwartz put three minutes on me in, in this poll alone, and I was not three minutes ahead of them going into it. So, this was really a, a tough go for me in that in that specific part um so at at that point you know i was definitely bummed i wasn't feeling awesome about how the race was going but i knew that i did have an opportunity to still kind of put my best effort forward and i had a plan to really do better on the runs and do better on the burpee broad jumps and all these other pieces of it and i came into it, i did the burpee broad jumps and i was by myself at this point but my burpee broad jumps ended up being the second fastest just behind hunter so uh, my my I wasn't dead at this point. I was just so slow and just frustrated that, uh, with the way that the other the, the second and third station went, but I was able to hold it together pretty well and getting through the broad jumps at the second fastest was encouraging. And then my runs were just were solid, solid all the way through. I was able to really. Keep going and kind of gaining on people. Uh, I didn't catch anybody for burpee broad jumps, and after the burpee broad jumps was the row. And I sat down on the row, and I knew things were feeling strong at this point. I took a gel after the burpee broad jumps, which was to plan, and that went fine. And and I rode. I got done in like 4:13 with the transition, which was fifth, so middle of the pack. But most people were right around 4:10 to 4:15. Um, And then I was able to, and then I started to kind of gain on people. I caught Preston after this run. Um, I got to the the farmer's carry and I was able, and Cole was right in my, um, my, my sight here. And after the farmer's walk, uh, Preston hammered the farmer's walk. So he caught me after the run. My farmer's walk was like right in the mix. Everyone's time was about the same and mine was right there with them. So uh, the farmer's carry went fine and the run went well I passed Preston passed Cole so now I'm in fifth at this point and then the lunges went uh, not awesome <laughs> so I got some lunges uh, Cole passed me right back Preston sprinted past me it, it seemed and uh, so it was all about just getting through that and needing to Uh, keep my head together and gain on that run like I had been gaining in the the previous zones and that was the big part right like making sure that I wasn't getting in my head and that everything was was holding it together and on the the lunges themselves it wasn't that I was feeling that dead they were just slow I'm just not used to going fast with that I didn't have a great opportunity to to practice the lunges so when it came to uh getting them done quickly on the race day I just I just didn't really have it so it's pretty slow it's pretty slow compared to the field as well it's about a minute slower than anybody I should be uh be with so a lot of time there to gain which is uh, kind of encouraging um really to to look at, it at, at optimistically that these other athletes who are in the same caliber of athlete that I am they uh, were. A minute there is a minute of time left on the course for me, um, and then into the wall balls where I was I caught up to Preston. We went in at the same time. Cole maybe been was a couple of seconds ahead of uh, of us, and I really hammered the wall ball. So I went through the first. I did a huge set unbroken. Um, I wasn't really sure where I was. Um, The first time my judge said anything to me was that I was at 75. Uh, To me, it didn't feel like I was that far into it. I didn't feel like I had done that many, but I didn't know. I wasn't really counting. I didn't have an idea of where I was because the judge was there. And uh, so I didn't hear how she got to 75, but she did say 75 and she counted straight to 100. So I broke three times but two of the times at the end were uh the ball i let the ball drop from the top and then i was able to to catch it on the bounce as it hit the ground and bounced back up and i caught it as i was in the squat to continue to go so it's a bit of a break uh but not not a long one so i got my 100 done and i had the fastest wall ball time by quite a bit which again leads me to believe that she may have miscounted but it's hard. It's a hard place to be. I went. I went to the race organizers and kind of told them that I was like, I'm not sure uh, if this was correct, and they didn't really have an answer. Like, well, that's what your judge said. So, I mean, there's no way to kind of go back and really take a look at what it was or what it could have been. So uh, that was a big bump for me because I was able to, to um, pass Cole and pass Preston in the uh, the wall ball section. Um, so overall the race didn't go particularly well. I was bleeding time through those sleds. Really everybody, uh, the cumulative, like the, the cumulative time that I wasted on those sleds or I was beaten by was four to five minutes. It was four minutes slower than, uh, pretty much everyone in the field who I would want to be around. Like for, it was three minutes and 46 seconds slower than Dylan's. It was five minutes and 22 seconds slower than Brints, who were the part of the podium hunter's obviously awesome at those he, he is like six minutes faster with um with, with those things so a lot of time to be left out there and that really has to do with just the strength of things like i said the shoes would make a little bit of difference i've had gloves on sure maybe i'd be middle of the pack and i would be in the mix a little bit more but i, I really can't count, count needing things to be perfect because they're not going to be perfect it's not always going to work that way so i need to make sure that i'm um, getting strong enough to really get through all of these things um as well as possible so Overall, I'm a little disappointed in how the result came. I didn't expect the sleds to get me that bad. I, I know it does happen to people and it has happened to athletes over and over with this race and it just happened to me. That's just that's just the deal. Um, but after the first time the sleds went so well in Orlando, uh, it was really it was really just kind of a bummer. Where in Orlando I was my sled pull was five twenty six with the transition. So we're probably closer to four fifty or, or Flat, which would have been a really good pull in this particular um, field of people. So I don't know. I, I'm just bummed that it went that way at, at this at this race where there was a little bit more at stake. Um, but again, it's just my second one, so I'm learning quite a bit. So for the next time, next time out, I'm going to be prepared for that i'll wear gloves for the sleds so that i can take them off after and that's just gonna ha- be how it is um and, and i got it at the pair of shoes that a lot of the athletes do run in the adidas something or other i'm sorry the new balance something or other that uh seems to have really good grip um so I'm, i got a pair of those gonna practice with those got grip uh got some Grip for my hands, grip for my feet, and I'm just going to get stronger, and that's the deal. So next race that I'm looking at is probably going to be LA in September. Not quite sure yet. Not going to make the world championships at the uh, in, um, in Germany, which is going to be mid-September. So I'm looking at that, and if any of these events do pop up on the radar because they seem to be jump popping up here or there because uh, just how the, the season is really kind of structuring along. So I hope this was helpful. I uh, hope that you get some insight on that. And that's it. That's it for the whole podcast. So I hope you guys are able to take away some stuff from this and race well. All right. Talk to you soon.